the question we are pondering today, you might be wondering yourself, is how do I become more embodied? How do I even start the journey to being embodied? How do I create, build, and nurture an embodied business? Well, I have a list. It's a long list, but it's a starting place. Here are some of the resources that have supported me on this long journey. Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. The Art of Forgiveness, Loving Kindness and Peace by Jack Kornfield. Shambhala, The Sacred Path of the Warrior by Shogam Trungpa. The Diamond Cutter by Geisha Michael Roach. How Not to Be Afraid of Your Own Life, Susan Piver, who I love and have met in person. The Lost Art of Good Conversation, Sakyung Mimpom. Emotional Chaos to Clarity by Philip Moffat. Dancing with Life, also by Philip Moffat. I Need Your Love, Is That True? Byron Katie. Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, Yuval Noah Harari, one of my faves. The Practice, Seth Godin. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which is a book of values if you haven't read that, Mark Manson. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Probably one of the first books on business and leadership I ever read. Almost every page is dog-eared. The Mindful Leader, Awakening Your Natural Management Skills Through Mindfulness Meditation by Michael Carroll. Here's a resource that I lean on a lot and share with my um, clients and teachers, The Creative Habit. Learn it and use it for life. Twyla Tharp. A little bit more on the nerdy side, polyvagal exercises for safety and connection by Deb Dana, who I've also met and interviewed and who is a lovely human. Accessing the healing power of the vagus nerve by Stanley Rosenberg, also one of my faves. The Teaching Brain by Vanessa Rodriguez, who is someone that Anne went to college with, um, Harvard with. Presence, Bringing Your Boldest Self to Your Biggest Challenges by Amy Cuddy. A book that is so close to my heart as perhaps the very first moment that I actually considered what it meant to be a teacher, The Courage to Teach by Parker J. Palmer. And a body of work and a practice that has supported me incredibly deeply through lots of life transitions, including two years of postpartum depression, Offering from the Conscious Body, The Discipline of Authentic Movement by Janet Adler. Today, Anne and I are having this really rich conversation about what we have done to nurture our embodiment and create an embodied business, and also exploring how different our approaches are. I think that you are really going to enjoy this conversation and get a lot out of it, and I hope that you do. I hope that you are continuing to be pushed at your edges and asking lots of meaningful questions that are changing the way you think about yourself and your business on a daily basis. And without further ado, let's jump into episode three. Okay, here we are. Episode number three. <laughs> it's going so fast. 
It's, I know it's going so fast. And you said something to me yesterday that I loved. Um, and it was something like that the podcast is bringing out in you something totally unexpected. And I, I actually can't wait to hear more about that. But what I said to you was I can totally feel that. Um, and one of the things that I'm loving this, about this is how I feel like it's a new dimension of our partnership and collaboration. And I think that speaks a lot to what we were talking about last week, right? Uh, we call it distributive cognition, right? The way we can experience ourselves and our ideas in the world differently when we are in conversation with another person. And I feel like we've just opened the door some new to some new room in our mansion of, of collaboration. Yeah. So we're really good, to, uh, glad to be here with you. We, we, we are, as we knew we would, making changes to the format <laughs> of, of the podcast. Um, we're learning a lot. We're, we're kind of exploring a lot and we want to introduce today, um, not only this awesome topic of emergent embodiment, and really what we're talking about is what I kind of humorously think of the practice of practicing the practice. <laughs> it's this, this kind of orientation to emergence, right? Not like a, a setting a goal and arriving and having it be static, right? There's like this continuous unveiling of, of a level of intelligence. And in this case, we're talking about embodied intelligence. So that's our topic today, which I'm excited about, but we also have a new element in the podcast that we are going to, um, consistently start with. Now at this moment, we're calling it real life riff. Um, and that could change because we are emergent. <laughs> Um, but we really want to take time in each episode to share with you what, what's our practice, what's our practice in progress, what's in progress, um, what are we working on, what's relevant. Um, and so I, I'm actually going to hand it over to you. Not that I'm being chicken shit or anything, but I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> Will you go first? I'm totally what, happy what's... to go first. <laughs> What's your real life riff? What's going on in your yes. in your work in your world? So I would say, as someone um, who has two two businesses, that of the master's program, which I am loving, and also um, the uh, Pilates brick and mortar Pilates studio that I have, and I think what I am I have found immensely. Um, I recently, I have a, an older stepdaughter and I, I recently had two children and they're younger and it's like, you love one and then another one comes along and, <laughs> and you love it just as much. Right. And, um, what happened is, is, you know, I love, love my Pilates studio. It's been, you know, it's 20 years old this year and man, do I, I love the master's program <laughs> as well, which is a, <laughs> another business that Chantel and I have. And, but 
what that brings me to is, again, I think I've brought it up before that in the past, I think because I started entrepreneurship so young, I really thought that to be taken seriously, I had to have a separation. Mm-hmm. So a separation between, um, you know, professionalism and the separation between the embodiment that I experience. And so what I have found is that separation has sort of kept going, has repeated itself many times in my life. So I have also seen a separation of like, well, this is one business and this is another business and they're very, very separate. (laughs) But the reality Mm -hmm. is, is I'm a whole person as we all are. (laughs) And what I found to be so amazing is how much the, the running the business of the studio affected running the business of the master's program and also running the business of the master's program has influenced running the business of the studio. Mm-hmm. And where I'm at this week right now is I'm really playing around with orienting myself around exactly how I'm going to offer an in-person sort of like a VIP day at, at my Pilates studio and, and really trying to, to work on that. And lo and behold, most likely we'll be, we'll be diving into embodiment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm at. And just so trying to, to, I'm, I'm, I don't, as a creative being, I don't want to separate things as much anymore. And, um, I'm excited to be, to be stewing on that and, and coming up with that. Yeah. Oh, so great. I know it's been a, it's, it's been a big, another transition for you because you just lost your studio manager. You've hired in our training, a new one right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. I was just thinking, uh, I'm not sure that I can pinpoint one thing. So I'll just share a couple of things that are going on for me. I taught my first in-person workshop this past weekend in Cleveland, um, on the vagus nerve. And I haven't taught a group in person, um, quite like this in about two and a half years, you know, like pre COVID. I, I, I was at a festival last summer, um, which was really great, but that, that was fabulous. I wasn't nervous about it. I was excited about it. Um, and I think because you and I, we've had you know, so much of our work and particularly for me, so much of my work has been online for so long. Um, I think I had kind of forgotten how lovely it is to be with people. Mm. And so, so that happened and that was fabulous. And there was a moment actually where I was doing some private work with some of the attendees the day after. And I was like, what the hell? I don't, what am I, I don't, I don't know how to do this anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, what are they expecting of me? Um, what am I expecting of myself? Like what, how, how is this even going to happen? Yeah. But, but, you know, as always, I find my way to it. And what was interesting was in the work that you and I do a lot of mentoring and coaching, right. On the business side of things, strategizing, educational design, but we're also, I feel like equally balanced in, in like, how does, how do you listen to yourself in a different way? Not just from an intellectual perspective. 
And so I feel like I did this really cool thing where I asked the the teachers who I was working with, it was, you know, one teacher at a time, like, what what is what is the resistance right now for you in in doing the thing that you most want to do? Like, you know, really expressing your deepest desire. Like what's the what's the block? What's the roadblock? And we did and then we did some movement around that. Like, where is it? How does it feel? How does it express itself? Then how do we unwind it? But it's just like giving it a name and identify it in the in the body allows us to have this secondary way of like checks and balances, mm-hmm. which is so cool. It's like it, I'm not just intellectualizing a, a problem, which we're we're told is the right thing to do, right? In our bro world, we're told that you got to think your way through everything, analyze everything, be pragmatic, be rational. <laughs> it's like well. Yes, but your body has some wisdom to offer, right? And and it can keep you from being overly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Overly um, like sterile, you know, like overly clinical. Like it has a, a lot of wisdom. And so we really worked with like, what's the experience of the resistance in your body how do you unwind it? How do you how do you take care of it? How do you acknowledge it? And then where is the desire in your body? And how do you take care of that? And how do you acknowledge that? And then because I really wanted them to come away with a thing they could do to guide them, right? And we talk a lot about in our work, creating autonomy, self-efficacy, self-advocating, Right? Because you can't just always rely on somebody else to give you the answers. Just like you can't rely on your intellect to be the only thing that gives you the answers. I love that. So I know. And it was really great. And I literally came up with it like 30, like on the drive to the studio. <laughs> Which is fabulous. I mean, it also, <laughs> it's true to, to Chantel's style. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm going to turn my mic down. Holy cow. Um, I realize that, yes, that is just largely the way I like to work, which is more from a place of spontaneity. But but um, that's that's maybe just like what's on my mind. I've been reflecting a lot on that. And I think that one of the reasons why I can do that, both in like a very short time frame, last minute, um, but also come up with something like that is because I have been practicing the practice of practicing being embodied for a long time. Um, and it takes a long time. Like, I hate to break it to you, but it's not an overnight job. Mm. You know, it's not a one night stand. It's like, you got to be committed. <laughs> and, and I was sharing that with the group in the nervous system work too. It's like, the, I think it took me two years of doing the work, the nervous system work consistently and, and, and there are two things at play. One, there, it took two years for me to really notice it because I, it was a, a moment of like complete melt, melting down, life transition, trauma, drama, trauma. <laughs> pick, pick one of the words. Um, and I realized like, oh, oh, I, I'm recovering quickly. I'm making choices differently. 
I'm not staying in a state of fight or flight, you know, or, or, um, or freeze. I was like, oh, this is, this, this shit really works. So two years it took me. And again, did I, it just took me two years to notice or it took me two years for it actually to make an impact. I don't, I can't like say for sure, but it does take time. Um, I guess the other thing in terms of what's, what's in progress right now, um, there was something else I was going to share. Um, oh, I was going to share this because I think it's relevant for a lot of our folks in the embodiment industry, health wellness is sometimes like, what's the voice from which we speak, you know, and share and connect. And so if you're in the online space, online marketing, quote unquote, is a part of what you do, right? And, and the way Anne and I talk about it is, is connecting, right? Connecting and nurturing, um, but the thing that keeps coming up for me in, in our work, and Anna and I have been in conversation about this, is I am designed to be an instigator. And yet what doesn't work is when I get up on my high horse and I, and I start proselytizing, right? And I start like, I'm like Jesus on the mount, like saying, like telling you how it's supposed to be. And so that's something that's emergent for me is... I do have a very strong opinion about most things. I do feel very strongly. <laughs> Anna's smiling. If, you, if you're listening to this, she, she's, she's smiling. Um, and so I've really been working with how do I, how do I instigate, but from a place of my, my ultimate goal is to empower the listener to take action from a place that is motivated inside of them, right? Instead of like ha holding a hot poker to your butt and being like, move in this direction because I know it's the best direction. So, uh, so I think that that will probably feel relevant for a lot of you listening. Like how do you cultivate a genuine voice? So that's just something I've been working on. And this morning I wrote a love letter to people about like the the shame and the like the the pain of not fulfilling your desire or dreams because you don't know how you know and so it felt like that was a really powerful place to speak from that was instigating but not from a hot poker place not from a soapbox <laughs> Anyway, that's that's a lot, but that's what's that's <laughs> you're getting some pretty powerful insight into the way my mind works. <laughs> um, mm. Sorry about that. In any case, that's real life riff. What do you? <laughs> no, I I think it sort of leads well into into the topic we wanted to approach today, which was you know how we grew into our embodied businesses and mm -hmm. it took me a while to you know, trust that embodiment part 
of, of running my business. So it didn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something in it. You said how long, you know, there's a, there's a length of time that it takes to, 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 to become sensitive to your intuition and, 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 and to the, the nervous system state of your body or they're all of the languages that we can, we can apply to that. Um, and I would add that I think that our bodies speak to us differently over time, over development. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very sure our four-year-old bodies spoke very differently to us than our 40 plus year old bodies, right? Like mm-hmm. what are the, like how it chooses to communicate to us because over time, you know, maybe we ignored it and, but maybe we didn't ignore it when we were four. Right. Um, and how you sort of have, you really do have to rely much more on your sensory experience as a young person, because there is so much knowledge you just don't know. And that sort of flip flops as you age. Yeah. I was just thinking like, you don't even know that there's a choice. Mm-hmm. Right, like when you're little, you just don't even know that there is a you could actually differentiate between the ways in which you are interpreting information. Right, mm-hmm. when you're little, you're just taking it all in through your body. Like you don't have the cognitive experience to to isolate and analyze, mm-hmm. which I find kind of interesting. Yeah, you don't have the like the language yet, you know, the broad vocabulary literally. to articulate. Yeah, literally, your feelings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about, and that sort of leads me to this next thought, which is that for me, it was it was almost easier for me to say because I had shut down my my intuition for a while. It, it, it was it was easier for me to sort of start listening to my intuition again through the domain or through the lens of thinking about my business. Like mm. for some reason that was just easier for me because I was already like working on my business. I wasn't working in it, which I'm thankful for. Right. <laughs> um and and really working on it. And so when you're working on your career, yourself, there is a a portion of, of, of self-development there. Right. And, and growth. And what I feel, and I suppose this goes back to the riff, but I feel like what's happened for me is it's almost like a lot of times I'll play with new things or new identities within my work, within my business. And then I apply them and I go, Oh, actually, wait, I can actually do this in my personal life too. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's just because I've been an entrepreneur for for nearly half my life at this point, or almost half, maybe actually well, half my life. <laughs> your entire adult life. You my entire been. adult life, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it has been my place of experimentation and 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 creativity, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if, how, if, if there are others who, who have this similar experience. I, it makes me think of like, did it feel safer for you to definitely fist? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because it's like, it's that, I mean, that separ- makes sense. It, 
yeah. it's business. So it's all, it's not as personal, right? Yes, yes, yes. At the so end try of the it day, out there. You can go home and be Anne at home with your husband and your family and your friends and you don't have to like, you know, like if you fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, you don't, which you, totally like, happens. <laughs> right. No, I get that. I get that. So for me, as you know, I've had the opposite experience. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, um, I have been naturally inclined, I think, my entire life to be without separation of those things. Like, I have always deeply desired a, a connection between, like, expressing who I am but being seen for who I am in all aspects of my existence. And and I have maybe gotten, like, that's been challenging too. Like, looking for somebody who's in a business relationship for me, and I'm exaggerating this just a little bit to, like, understand who I am. I was like, well, they don't need to understand who I am. They just need to do, <laughs> we just need to do good, you know, good business together. <laughs> I have, uh, I have learned the difference. I have learned how to navigate because in our previous conversations about this episode, we were talking about, and I know you are going to talk about this and I hope you do, which is like um, feeling too much, right? There is, there is like, we need to, that's why it's emergent, right? Because I don't know, for those of you who are listening, for me, I do this big pendulum swing. Like it takes this big pendulum swing for me to figure out then eventually like what is the middle or what is the swing that's healthy? Because balance is not static, right? It's mm -mm. a swing. But so what is our swing? What's the, what's the healthy pendulum? Um, so I feel like that has been a challenge for me of like longing for in a very intuitive way, always having integration. And mm -hmm. how does that can, how, how does that, like, what does that mean for embodiment? Um, it's like a constant desire to feel in my body affirmation of the rightness of a thing. Mm. And it, that's not bad. It's just a lot, right? <laughs> well, and it's a lot all the time, right? Yeah. And in every context and every domain at all moments. And yeah, it's very interesting to hear you speak to that because I think I was again coming at it from a different perspective. Well, these are separate. And if, mm -hmm. and hey, I'm not going to go for, you know, occasionally, but not too many lunches, brunches, be bestie friends with a, a client of mine who's paying me X amount of money, you know, to take Pilates for me or et cetera, or is, you know, for the services at my businesses or whatever. And I, but then that also, because I thought, I think because I, I thought that that was protecting both. I thought it was protecting my personal life because it was separate and it was protecting my professional life because it was separate. And so if anything went bad or sour, neither one would have a ripple in it. Right. 
which we know isn't true. No. <laughs> Especially as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's for me, I think it was coming from a place of, you know, trying to find a way of, of being secure and of being safe. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was speaking to two of the, uh, business owners and teachers who attended the Cleveland workshop, um, afterward. And I was, I was having kind of this epiphany of like, what is an interesting and maybe unusual juxtaposition inside of me is that although I have always had this deep desire for for being understood and integrating and like I need it to be all or all or nothing kind of um, I have I am not one of these people who you might call yourself an empath now I do. I think we misunderstand that term and I think we overuse that term. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure that it's a thing and please don't hate me for saying that, but you know, it's like a sorry, not sorry moment. I I have not, I don't feel that way. Like I have really clear boundaries. So I'm not one of these people who longs for affirmation or, or integration within like myself and, and my context without boundaries. I am really clear. So for me, like to your example of like going going and having lunch or coffee or something with students, like I would do that frequently and easily without ever feeling like there was an obligation for like, you know, now I'm your best friend and now I have to give you a discount. But I, I do think so let's ask the question, how does that apply to our embodied intelligence? That's, that's what I'm curious about for myself. I don't know what the answer is, really. But how, how do boundaries or our either a proclivity for separation, like Anne mm-hmm. is talking about, or our proclivity for integration or connection, like I'm talking about, what does that say, if anything, about our embodiment? Long mm. pause. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, but here's, here's the starting point. Wherever you are starting, the answers only come with practice. Like they just only come when you're in the question, right? Like you can't, you can't, you can't answer that question unless you're holding, you're attending to it. And that takes practice. I want to share, I have uh, and I can't pick it up. It's like too, it's too tall. I took a picture of it and posted it, but it's, it's in, maybe I can point my computer screen at it for a moment. It, see this big stack of books. <laughs> I was thinking, um, today as we were preparing for the podcast, I was thinking like, what are all the tools that have been supportive of me in creating an embodied business? And they are varied. 
But I want to point out a couple that for me, as somebody who uh, is drawn toward integration, um, you know, and, and connection and, and not separation, the things that have been really powerful for me are the strategy, science-based, clarifying, formulaic things, which is not what I'm naturally inclined to like want to do, right? So one of the books that has made the biggest impact on me is a book called The Mindful Leader by Michael Carroll. I read that a long time ago. And it comes at leadership and business building and team building from um, a Buddhist perspective, a mindfulness perspective. But it really allows us to see how do we, in a healthy way, bring our whole selves. And as you may have gleaned at this point, that is what I feel like is the most accurate or at least relevant definition of embodiment for me, right? All this, all the parts of you. How do you bring all the parts of you to business? Well, it's got to be thoughtful and strategic, right? We have to understand how it impacts the different aspects of our business. So that one, and then of course, we were just talking about Gay Hendricks, who's the author of the big leap and the genius zone or the zone of genius. I can never mm-hmm. figure it out. I should probably just look it up. Um, it's like giving structure to intuition, mm-hmm. right? And you talk about mm-hmm. it slightly differently. Like your language is a little different, which I love, which is what? Data and intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think that that's sometimes like if I'm able to, it's like my intuition has to orient around something. Yes. You know, um, not always, but I think in a way that's, if I want to sort of ritualize using Mm -hmm. my intuition, I think starting at a data point, whether it's your, your daily sales coming in or, you know, your students or, connecting to them or, you know, looking at your customers or clients, whatever your terminology is for the people you work with, those types of things are very supportive through me, but I'm, but I also, for as long as I can remember, have always just had a lot of ideas (laughs) um, (laughs) coming at me all the time. And so it's just a matter of, you know, which idea do you choose to practice now? Because not every idea you need to move on in the moment mm-hmm. um, has been helpful. Yeah, I feel like it's funny because like when when I think about my expansion into the embodiment of business, like, well, first I just, you know, became because I started in the Pilates business in the health and wellness field, of course, you know, I just like Chantil, we, we were both just, let's get really good at what we do. So, you know, check that box. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well now I care about the business side of it. At first I really valued my business for the freedom it gave me. I had tons of freedom in my twenties, lots of travel, um, you know, 
really leveraged my my studio for for lots of those kinds of goals. I didn't have a lot of, to be honest, money goals at that point. I had Pilates, the amount of money I made teaching Pilates and running my studio was just fine. Of course, that shifts with as you age and with children. Um, and so then I was like, okay, well, now I need all these systems to build my business. So, uh, you know, my first go-to was, was investing in systems, but th- that felt, that didn't feel like I was stretching myself in the way that how to, how do I listen to my, that didn't feel as scary or as risky as saying, how can I now listen to my body and my intuition and use that to steer the systems and strategies that I'm now going to use to, to run the businesses. It was like Mm -hmm. easier and felt safer and more secure, I think, just to learn the systems and strategies. And, and so I feel from a person who's come from separation and and longing f- for wholeness more within my work and my life is that finally stepping into that piece of embodiment and intuition um, because I, I did that in teaching all the time, right? But it felt mm. a little more natural. It's not like that hasn't been done before, but it hasn't been done in running a business for me personally yet. Like determining sales and strategies and who to hire and what systems to use. And I mean, certainly to to hire, there was kind of a feeling, but um, I I do feel like that has been a really, really fun, fun growth edge. Um, And it's, it's a little bit fun to sort of leave the, that the strategies are not always the pinnacle right? Mm-hmm. The apex of what's best. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well now, 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 now you've got them. Now we need to learn to massage them and, you know, listen to your gut <laughs> and listen to, or listen to your whole self and listen to all parts of you. And so mm-hmm. for someone, if you, so I imagine some of you listening, some of you might align, feel like you align more with my experience and some of you are going to align more with Chantel's experience. And the way that I was able to um, start to kind of step in really purposefully, like purposely step into embodiment practices to run my business, not just, oh, I have this great idea and I'm going to run with it. Because I've been doing that a long time. I mean, like cultivating, ritualizing, honoring, making space for making it a part of my practice of running the businesses with embodiment is... um, I started with meditation through something called a Calm app. And as an abs, as a constant, someone who has fidgeted her whole life <laughs> has a really hard time staying sitting still, probably why I got into Pilates for a while, um, teaching for so many years, you don't have to sit still in that job. Um, that, you know, that felt a little hard, but I don't overthink it. I'm not trying to be an expert meditator. I just know (laughs) that if, if I can just do 10 minutes, I can feel that I get into a different place. Yes. Um, a different headspace and a different embodied space. 
because the phys- my physiology changes. Our, we know through research our brain changes, our, amig- our amygdalas shrink when you um, are an expert at, at um, meditation or have practiced for many years. Um, but, and then, so I'm kind of going to share a little by ritual of this. So the, the meditation was a key. And then I actually started feeling the, the physiological effects. It's like riding your bike. It's like, once you, once you kind of have that meditation bliss or moment, you're like, Oh, that's it. Okay. Now I could go back to it. And then I've also been learning the nervous system work, um, over the past, my goodness, it's, been a while now. It's yeah. <laughs> it's probably over 18 months that I've been practicing that as well. Um, and so I like, I think having multiple entry points into the body, that sort of body awareness was good for me because I feel like I had sort of stamped it down despite mm-hmm. the fact that I taught Pilates. I, I didn't stamp it down in my ability to connect with others, but more in my ability to connect with my own self. Yeah. Um, and so I also have practiced, um, journaling then about the business. So going back to episode one, I believe, which is what is your business asking of you? That's right. Um, I have found to be very supportive and as someone who has had, multiple random injuries in her life and got into Pilates because she had an injury. If my body's speaking to me, I say, okay, body, what do you need from me today? (laughs) So (laughs) I have this one journal and I can't really separate. It's not like I go to my body journal and then I close (laughs) that journal and then I go to my business. Like, honestly, I was trying to do that for a while. Another another example of how I'm always trying to separate things. I'm like, this is like my personal journal and this is my business journal. I'm like, I just know. So (laughs) you're like, why the hell would you do that? Yeah. I just, even talking it out, I've realized that. So now (laughs) I'm like, you know, it just doesn't, it's not necessary. And, 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 and that separation is not in support. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's been really, um, and it's a behavior that I didn't even realize I had, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's this like unwinding. So I've been kind of geeking out about um, <laughs> my own, yeah, I think, you know, you can operate on autopilot for a long time and it's kind of exciting when you can shake yourself loose, loose of that. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and what does this look like? You know, I can't, I don't have my whole morning free, um, you know, I, I, everyone has a season in, in their life. I'm in a season of, of young children. So I have to do the drop off and the, you know, the get, get, the get them together and, and out the door. <laughs> um, and then I get, so I'm not really even entering into this practice until like nine fifteen in the morning. It's not like I'm doing it when the sun pops up. It's just not someday I'll do that again, but just right now I'm not, um, yeah. you know, and, one night, whenever children start sleeping in. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I just think, you know, that if you're finding yourself, if you've been in a, you think you said the proclivity of separation, you know, how can you, what are some of the things you can do and practice to sort of bring you back, bring you back to that wholeness? And those are some of the steps that I've taken. And, um, and I've, I've really, I've really liked it. And and I will say one other thing. 
it's really funny when as an embodied, a person who teaches embodiment, or let's say you don't teach embodiment, but maybe you're a person who's suffered from pain and you're listening to some sort of meditation and they're like, just go into your body because you, you're never in your body. And you're like, no, I live in my body all the time and my body's not a happy place. Like, yeah, it's not safe. Yeah. Some people have that experience and I feel like that's not acknowledged a lot. Like there's always this acknowledgement of like, you're all in your head all the time. You're never in your body. And then when you get to your body, it's this great place. And it's not a great place for some people if That's you've had right. trauma, if you've had pain. And or so auto autoimmune disease. Yeah. Like all kinds of things. Anything. <laughs> Women's health, fertility, whatever. <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot there. And so I I kind of wish sometimes that there was some more acknowledgement about that because it's always like, or like if you're with at a healthcare practitioner, they're like, well, just do yoga or Pilates. You're like, but I do that for a living. And like, that's not the answer. It's like, it's because the embodiment isn't fully understood. It's like, Oh, it's this amazing thing. It's going to like solve your problems. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to do an episode on how to be embodied when your body isn't safe. Mm, yeah. We need to have a whole episode or a series of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think we um, romanticize. Yes. Simplify it. Yes. Ooh, yes. This idea of like being, you know, it's like the counterculture idea right now of like, we are so separated. Let's get out of our head and get into our body. It's like, well, maybe being in my body is like a big F you. Right. Maybe it's like I can't live in my body for very long because it is so uncomfortable. It has so much fear. It has so much pain. It has so much trauma. So I love you so much for acknowledging that. And I think it is a real, it's a real thing. Um, I was just thinking because I know you and I together and separately have really leaned into ritual and ritualizing mm-hmm. our um Uh, our, not only our embodiment, but just like, what does our business need? What do we need? Where, where are we at? Like creating some time and space. Um, And it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It doesn't have to be the perfect time because I think it's important to acknowledge for ourselves as Anne is suggesting that we have seasons of our lives um, and our lives all look a little bit different. Um, you don't have to be able to get up at 5 a.m. and have two hours of, you know, meditation and, and movement practice and journaling and reflection before you get your children up or before you walk the dog or it's like, well, that's just not the way life works, right? Like maybe at some point. So how do we, how do we just create a little bit of intentional space for dropping into the experience of, uh, or, or dropping into the practice right, of, of cultivating embodiment. And I was thinking really, and this is what it often comes down to for me, is like asking the right kinds of questions. Like what if mm-hmm. you could just ask yourself in the morning as you're making coffee or you drop the kids off at school and you're sitting in your car and you just simply acknowledge like how am I listening to my body how am I not listening to my body? Period. End of story. Like, 
Or at the end of the day, as you're laying down to go to sleep and you're just, you're falling asleep and you're asking, today, how did I listen to my body? Today, how did I not listen to my body? Like that, that is a very simple, accessible entry point to, for either subsets, right? If you are overly separated or overly integrated or whatever the word is that I'm describing, you're just asking the question, right? You're like dropping a pin and you're saying, I'm just going to consider that my experience is more than maybe what I am consciously aware of moment to moment. And I think the more you ask the question, the more you become consciously aware, right? And and, and that is... That is a very powerful beginning. It's a very powerful beginning. Um, I wanted to circle back to something that you were talking about, Anne, earlier because it's been so um, um, impactful for me, which is working from a place of data. And so one of the things that you and I do uh, is we meet every week. We we have a operations meeting once a week, and then on the the next week we do a, what we call a CEO meeting, and we're talking very deliberately about different different things. But in those meetings, one of them, the CEO meeting, mostly we're really looking at like how how did we do? Like what were the results of our efforts for the previous month? What are the results that we want to achieve for the coming month? And it's the data for me that it's like, I, it's like if you think of me as like a tornado of, <laughs> of, of like uh, drive. Yeah, energy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then but I like when, when Anne says, here's our goal for the month, And then we together decide like, okay, here's how we're going to reach the goal. Like, here's how we're going to break up the numbers. Then I'm like, all of my energy and drive gets super focused on 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 that data. And then I'm driven by that data. And then I can check in against the data as we move through. And so for somebody like me, that's very potent and that has been very powerful and impactful in our business, right? I, I, it's like I need some overlaying of the data and the strategy and the analytics and the pragmatism because I do tend to be very kind of heart-driven and emotionally driven. And so I just wanted to kind of drop that in because it, it's also exciting, because I don't feel so diffused. Mm, yeah. And I see that. Yeah. I really see that. And so I think to draw a contrast, like if you sort of align more with Chantil's way of operating, you know, you, finding a way of, of the data can, I just can be so, so helpful. And I think the energy of, that sense of the energy being diffuse is like 
it makes me think of like a mist and yeah you know mist is is beautiful and nice we we spent some time in the world where there's lots of <laughs> fog and mist and it's <laughs> stunning and gorgeous but you know it's not going to it's not going to push something forward it doesn't pierce right it doesn't yeah 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 and i definitely have experienced that in my professional life of like being too like in too many places at once you know and i'm not flighty mm-hmm. let me no. be clear like i'm not i'm not describing a flightiness or a lack of follow through like i don't i don't have that but i do tend to do too much at once and so the data allows me to really hone in and focus and take all of my creativity and my energy and my drive and say i am dedicated to this you know achieving this um we're going to talk more about that because what happens when you don't achieve the thing right that that's a whole that's a whole thing like when you don't achieve it the way you thought you would achieve it can you stay open to how it is <laughs> how it is being achieved even though it's not the way you thought but again we're we're like I should be writing this down we're coming up with like multiple episode topics um i what else is there anything on your mind specifically that you wanted to share we're really again talking about practice and how do we begin to like what's our starting point for developing an embodied business um, and what are the practices that Anne and I have found very useful. I do want to talk a little bit more about ritual, but it, but what else, is there anything else on your mind, Anne? Um, I just know like I'm a, I'm, I guess I, I sort of, you know, as, as you write your notes for these things, I wrote, <laughs> I'm like a voracious learner. Like, mm-hmm. If I'm, you know, I think particularly with, you know, kind of with supporting my children and doing the duties of, of the home, like, like cooking (laughs) a lot of times, I'll, um, which I enjoy and, you know, periods of high enjoyment and periods of less high enjoyment, but (laughs) overall I do enjoy cooking, but I will say a lot of times, like I will then at those moments, I'll be listening to some sort of like podcast or training that sometimes that is like, I just, I want like a fire hose of information. And <laughs> I don't know, it just, it feels Which is it's funny because like I'm the opposite. Yeah. I want like, give it to me like more, more, more. I, I get really excited about it. I want like, it's like, it's like I'm insatiable. Like I, I want more knowledge. Like I just, ah, um, but Okay, so you have so you have all this knowledge, but knowledge doesn't get you like doesn't as a, as a business person as an entrepreneur a bunch of knowledge isn't going to get you shit. Okay, just it's not going to get it's yeah. not going to get it for you. Like you got to act on it. And so, to me, I think that's where the um, the, the the practice of embodiment comes in because going back to the episode on interoception, like interoception is this, is, is this an, an intuition? It's like, it's, it's the ability to 
you, you, there's so much, you're getting so much information and there's like, there's all these patterns that your conscious mind doesn't see or isn't aware of, but your unconscious mind is. And so then when you get the idea of like, oh, I just listened to 10 different strategies and then later, maybe tomorrow I'm doing X, Y, or Z and then bingo, I want to do that one. You know, I don't know if that's coming because I mean, there's no way I can learn that much that fast. So maybe right. it's getting in on like a subconscious level. But um, it's just interesting how how for me, like, so, it, it, you know, I, I just, I, I keep learning and th- that's what, but then I have to couple that with the embodiment. And so what is the intuitive idea, the intuitive hit, and, and what am I doing to get my place in, so that I put down the desire for voracious learning because I can just do that all day, but mm-hmm. I'm leaving behind the, well, what is my body telling me and what, it, what is my embodied experience sharing that is, that is the right um, idea. And so I think for me, it was putting as much honor and attention on that embodied experience, like taking a walk or luxuriating more in a shower you know, it doesn't always mean I'm getting on a reformer or something like, you know, it's just feeling my body with whatever it's doing, um, is what's supported is I think just that it's a mindset shift of, of an honoring. Like it's not just you shoving yourself with a bunch more new information that's going to get X, Y, or Z result. So, um, and that, that took some time and some trust. Yeah. I love, so I have, I'm having so many, uh, so many ideas while you're talking. One is as a, as a journalist, Mm -hmm. um, you know, by training, one of the very first things I did to, to build my online business was I started doing interviews and I was just like, you know, what you may know already and what you'll discover is I just do things and I don't really have all of it worked out, but I just do it. I just do it. I'm a big doer. So I started doing these interviews and recording them and having such a delightful time. And then, you know, I, I turned them into something, but I remember I was interviewing a woman named Amy Taylor Alpers. And it was Mm -hmm. kind of the, I had done some work with her in, in a group setting, but never really spoken to her privately. And one of the things that she said that really stuck with me is like, you, you're like a bucket, and you put things in the bucket, right? You, like you said, you're a ferocious learner, right? Like we want education. We want to be skilled. But the thing is, is the problem is with lots of knowledge is that when your bucket is full, the shit just runs over the sides. Like it's not, you're not, you're not taking it in, right? You're not implementing it. You're not making use of it. Um, and so I really have always held that as a, as a like, really powerful idea. Like is my bucket just overflowing with information because my ego says I need lots, I need to be smarter in order to be of value, which is nonsense. Mm. I mean, you have to be smart enough, but really the issue is you have to be able to apply the knowledge. And so as you're speaking, Anne, I'm thinking about this kind of analogy of like, well, I think one of the reasons why you and I do so well together and we've had so much success together is like on the the in, the input you're like a wide open hose right you're like <laughs> wow you're like taking it in taking it in taking mm-hmm. it in 
But what you have learned, and, and if I'm just going to like summarize, because we're, we're kind of getting close to our, you know, in wrap up here, is like, I think, at least from our experience separately and together from what I know of it, is that it's the ritual that has put this beautiful and important like constriction on your big wide open intake mm. hose. So you take in and take in and take in, but you have grounded yourself in the ritual that works for you, that allows you a moment to <sighs> stop and say, what is a value? What is in alignment with what I desire for myself and my business? And, and then you can choose. And to me, that's, that is the experience of like in that ritual, you bring all of yourself to that moment, right? It's like you're giving yourself permission to bring all of who you are to this moment of inquiry, whether you do movement first, you go out on a walk first, you do it, you know, like whatever it is, but you have to, it is the, that's the crux, right? Like that's the key is create a ritual so that whether you are a huge intake valve like Anne or you're a huge output valve like me, like the ritual of bringing your whole self to the discernment of how to take action is the absolute critical step. So my ritual is different than Anne's. Our lives are different. Our home lives are different. What we need is different. My movement routine is different than Anne's. Like, but we have both supported each other in aligning with how, like, the ritual is critical. And, and whether you are meditating or you are, um, you know, doing yoga or, again, you're just going on a walk with your dog or... Um, your whatever you're doing, whatever your tools are, what your strategies are, can you create a ritual from them mm-hmm. to ground yourself and say, I am going to allow a moment, in, an intentional moment every day to bring my whole self to my business. That I think is the bottom line. That's like, that that's what that was that was all happening when you were talking. <laughs> mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah, because oh. you know, everyone has their own. You know, we're we're variable, right? And so everyone's going to have their way of of coming into embodiment, and it might be a blend, and coming into yeah. how they they're going to connect with their businesses and run their businesses. But um, I just I think it's there's lots more to explore. Hmm. Yeah, and we will keep exploring. I wanted to share one thing, um, and then we have some, I mean, you know, we have some announcements. <laughs> we have some invitations. Um, this book, Emergent Strategy, um, by Adrian Marie Brown, uh, Shaping Change, Changing Worlds, um, is a book that was recommended to me a, a while ago, and in the beginning, she really talks about emergent strategy. And um, I wanted to read something, two things, actually. Let's see. 
Many of us have been socialized to understand that constant growth, violent competition, and critical mass are the ways to create change. But emergence shows us that adaptation and evolution depend more upon critical, deep, and authentic connections, a thread that can be tugged for support and resilience, the quality of connection between the nodes and the patterns. And to me, that speaks to embodiment, right? The, the dropping into your full experience. And then she says, together we move, we must move like waves. Have you observed the ocean? The waves are not the same over and over. Each one is unique and responsive. The goal is not to repeat each other's motion, but to respond in whatever way feels right in your body. The waves we create are both continuous and a one-time occurrence. We must notice what it takes to respond well, how it feels to be in a body, in a whole, separate, aligned, cohesive, critically connected. And I just love that because it isn't, it isn't being embodied and creating embodied business about you know, the acceptance of the whole and how do we drop into that is the big question. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So it is uh, February 24th. You and I have some pretty cool shit going on, I have to say. (laughs) Um, And I, and I'm more and more excited, but if you're listening um, and it is, February 24th, 2022. Um, Anne and I have a really, I think, exceptional new offer that we've created to work with um, small groups of entrepreneurs um, in two different day-long intensives where we are actually going to be supporting you in building and learning to sell a 21 or 28-day um, online or hybrid transformative short course program. And um, I love this for two reasons. One, because I really have built my entire online business on 28-day courses, which I've been creating for literally 10 years. Um, and also because we know that learning is amplified in community and action is amplified in community. And so below this podcast and probably in the show notes, we'll put a link to the application for this work that we're doing. It's actually a two-week container of support. So you'll be in community with Anne and I getting mentoring and coaching for an entire day, but then you'll get two weeks of individualized support from us. Um, And the objective is to help you actually create and learn how to launch and sell your heart's desire, whatever it is, from simple to complex. Um, And all of this is deeply rooted in curriculum design and universal design for learning. Um, And I'm just really, really excited about this opportunity. I think it's honestly one of the best things that we have created so far. Um, Am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. Um, 
if you are watching this um, right around this time or listening to us, we do have a bonus available um, oh, yeah. by the 25th. So this is specifically for people who are a little feeling like they're held back by tech or are massively held back by technology. It <laughs> freaks them the heck out. Um, yeah. We are giving away uh, for that bonus, um, a techless checklist and also our suite of tech how-to videos with lots of uh, embodied examples <laughs> and metaphors that will make a lot of sense to you <laughs> <laughs> um, coming from someone who teaches movement. So um, yeah, this is, we've just seen a challenge with some some teachers just feeling like, you know, it's just the boat is sailed. I don't know tech, you know, I'm always like, look, if you can teach someone how to lengthen a vertebrae or turn their talus, like there's no reason you can't figure out tech in 2022. Like, Absolutely. so with some support and so yes. we're there for you. And so if you're able to fill out that application sometime on February 25th, 2022, um, you will have access to those bonuses. Yeah, I think it is, as I was writing my, um, uh, writing this morning, I was really feeling, talk about like, talk about like trying to figure out what your genuine voice is. I was deeply tapping into like the experience of feeling like I can't, it, I can't have the life I want potentially because I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And that is a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling, and I'm really just excited to to help support teachers and and embodied business owners and studio owners and whatnot to to move past that because it's just the first time. The first time is always scary, but once you do it the first time, it's just it just keeps getting better. Sounds like I'm talking about sex, but. I'm not. <laughs> All right, it well, does get better note. with practice. Okay. <laughs> on that note, All right. uh, it's been a great episode. Thanks, Anne. Love you. Thank tons. you, Chantel. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. And once again, there you have it. That was a totally fabulous conversation. I think so far, it's my favorite. One of the most potent actions you can take right now, if you love what we're doing, you love what we're saying, you're inspired and you are curious is to share the podcast with people you love and to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or our YouTube channel. We would be infinitely grateful for your support and it means a lot to us. You can also get in touch with Anne and I, if you have questions or guests or meanderings about the podcast you'd like us to consider, and you can reach us at Chantil. C-H-A-N-T-I-L-L -L, or Anne, A-N-N-E at PilatesMastersProgram.com. You can also reach out to us if you're interested in being a sponsor for the podcast and you're going to get right in touch with our operations director, Emma, Emma at PilatesMastersProgram.com. Let us know if you have a thing that you think will align with what we're doing and what we're talking about, and we will have a conversation about if it's a good fit. And if it is, then we'll tell people all about it. 
We're excited to be in partnership with like-minded businesses and people who are offering services and products that are in support of developing and nurturing an embodied business and inspired brain. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. And then finally, as always, we'd like to give a lot of love and some shout out to our musician, Max Mackey, who wrote and performed the music that you hear on the podcast. Thanks, Max Mackey. If you have a project that you're looking for some custom um, original music for, you can um, get in touch with us and we will put you in touch with Max about creating that special blend of um, perfect for your project. We look forward to hearing from you and to continuing to do this good work and we'll see you next time.